everybody, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, November 8th, 2019. We have made it to the end of the work week. Everybody rejoice, everybody have a good time, everybody celebrate, unless you're the Vegas Golden Knights, and in that case you gotta wonder how in the world you let another game go into overtime and how you let another game go into overtime, and you lost. I don't know. We're going to attempt to answer that question in a little bit. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And we're going to have a little bit of an interesting show for you today. Obviously, we're going to talk about how in the world the Golden Knights got an amazing performance from Malcolm Subban and let the game slip away. I'm also going to touch on something that I was thinking about for the last couple of days, and that is the uh, the future team name of the Seattle franchise that will be coming in 2021-2022. I have my thoughts on which name uh, should reign supreme, and we're going to take a look at the uh, at the action that was in the NHL outside of Vegas, because there were uh, there were a lot of storylines, a lot of games that happened tonight that just caught my eye. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we dive into this Toronto game, uh, the usual call to action as we normally do. Uh, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are more than likely there. And you can listen as long as you download and subscribe and whatever the heck else you do with podcasts. If it works, go for it. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And you can also send us an email if you like sending emails to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the Golden Knights were in Toronto taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We touched on it a little bit yesterday. The Golden Knights trying to build off that momentum that they got on Tuesday when they defeated the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus. They go to a, to a building where they've never won. They In uh, two tries, they've never defeated the Maple Leafs in Scotiabank Arena, Air Canada Center. It is still the Air Canada Center to me, and it will always be the Air Canada Center. If you don't believe me, take it up with Vince Carter. Um, but in any event, the Golden Knights coming into this game really in need of stringing some wins together. And I will say this, for the better part of 48 minutes, actually, you know what? I won't even give it 48. I will go the full 60. The Golden Knights played one hell of a game on Thursday. Not only did they play one hell of a game they got one hell of a performance from Malcolm Subban, who got really, I thought, the surprising start uh, playing in his hometown of Toronto for the first time, goes out and plays a tremendous game, and the Golden Knights lose again. Golden Knights lose 2-1 to one in Toronto in overtime. Golden Knights are on a five-game point streak. They are 2-0-3 in their last five. The only thing I really have to say about that is who really cares? 
because I feel like point streaks are the most asinine thing you can think of, especially if you've had more losses than you do wins. The bottom line is this. The Golden Knights have lost three of the last five and six of the last nine. They cannot find a way to finish the job. And that has been what has been hurting them. That is what has been killing them this entire season so far. It is the same situation over and over again. Now, I will say this as well. At least they did not blow a two-goal lead. They only blew a one-goal lead, which I guess is I guess is not bad. Um, but the fact that the Golden Knights got an incredible performance from Malcolm Subban, made 35 saves, including one in the at the tail end of a power play for Toronto early in the third period where he slides from right to left after making <clears throat> excuse me after making an initial save Subban comes back over gets the left pad on a shot from Trevor Moore while also kicking the net off its rings and keeping the puck out and keeping it a 0-0 game Few minutes later, Max Pacioretty cashes in to score one to give the Golden Knights a one nothing lead at 4:08 of the third period. And after that save and that goal, I was like, "That's it. Subban's going to get a shutout in Toronto. He is going to be dubbed the King of Vegas for at least a night." And then the Golden Knights decided to commit one penalty too many. They committed six penalties. The PK was out of this world, stopping them, uh, stopping five uh, penalties, stopped five power plays, I should say. And all they had to do was probably not commit another one. They committed a sixth. Austin Matthews made them pay at 8.14 of the third to tie at 1-1. And then at 2.33 in overtime, off a turnover from William Carlson, John Tavares, the captain in his second game back since breaking his finger, with a goal to give him a two-point night. And the Golden Knights lose 2-1 to one to the Maple Leafs. I mean, is there a moral victory here? The fact that they're on a five-game point streak, it doesn't scream moral victory. For the third time in four games, the Golden Knights have been in prime position to get not, not one point, a full two points against teams that they should have beaten. They should have beaten Montreal if they didn't blow the two-goal lead. They should have beaten Winnipeg if they not blown the two-goal lead. And they should have won tonight. They should have defeated the Maple Leafs in Toronto. And I think the worst part of this whole thing, if you're the Golden Knights, is that you have wasted two prime displays of excellence. From Malcolm Subban. We have been talking for the last year, year and a half about trying to get Subban more time, trying to get Subban more opportunities to relieve Marc Andre Fleury when he is in need of a rest day. He goes out and has two consecutive performances of 35 saves. Now, the 35 saves against Winnipeg probably shouldn't have been that high had Winnipeg not outshot Vegas by a billion in the second and third period. But the fact of the matter is that Subban played well enough that Vegas should have won that game, played well enough that they should have won tonight. And as a result of that, the Golden Knights have to figure out where do they go from there. Now they got to worry about this upcoming 
back-to-back at Washington on Saturday and at Detroit on Sunday. I would not be shocked in the least if Malcolm Subban got the start in Washington. I think he has played well enough to earn himself another start, give Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit more rest, have him play Detroit. I would not be opposed to that. I also have the scary conjuring thought that Subban would go in there and you know get torched with but with five goals given up because the defense gets torched against Ovechkin, Carlson, and company. So maybe you don't want that, but there but I would not be opposed to Subban getting a start on Saturday. I do think he will play on Sunday because Flurry really wants Washington. I wouldn't I think that's the main reason why he really wants Washington. So Malcolm Subban has earned himself a little bit more time. And the fact that he is now 0-1-2 on the season, and again, the Arizona game, you can't even blame him because not only did he get hurt and miss the rest of the game after getting hurt in the first period, he had a really good first period. So right now, through, I guess you can say, about seven-plus periods of hockey, Malcolm Subban has been very good. The Golden Knights in front of him have not. And to me, that's a bit of a problem. That's a bit of a problem. Uh, Max Pacioretty, after the game, was being asked by reporters, you know, getting a point that's got to feel good, right? Here's the exact quote Max Pacioretty had. We've had points in a few straight here, but that being said, we need to clean up our overtime. It feels like we're not even getting chances, really, or even possession of the puck. We have to figure that out. I think the, I think the stat I saw was what, ten straight overtime games now without a goal. How crazy is that? By the way, that's that's the first thing. So how do you figure it out? I only have one suggestion. The one thing that Vegas needs to do. And I'm going to backtrack this with a story. When I was covering UNLV basketball and in my college days, Dave Rice was the coach. And there was one time when I think UNLV was playing one of its early season games. And they this was a time when UNLV was just abysmal from the free throw line. I think they, were, they missed like 15 free throws one night. And Dave Rice said something about having a free throw exorcism. I think the Golden Knights need an overtime exorcism. I'm not exactly sure what that would entail. I don't know uh, how the power of Christ would compel the Golden Knights in that sort of situation. But what I'd be very intrigued to find out because they need to do something to kind of get this uh, overtime shindig problem, whatever you want to call it. They, they need to get this overtime problem figured out. Again, three games now. In the span of less than a week, about a week, so three games in a week, the Golden Knights have played where they should have won. They they should be a twelve and five team right now. If they had taken care of business and done what they were supposed to do, they would be a twelve and five team right now, and be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. But right now, they're not. You're on a five game point streak. Congratulations. That doesn't mean anything in the realm of it, considering the fact you've lost games. That's why they call them overtime losses. Just because you get a pity point doesn't mean jack squat. So the Golden Knights need to figure something out, and if that involves getting 
getting a reverend or a pastor to perform some sort of exorcism and, you know, quell the demons of overtime past, I, I think uh, Vegas might be all for that. Again, I'm not sure how exactly that would work, but I, I'd be very interested for it. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to transition away from the Golden Knights because the more I feel like it's been a broken record talking about overtime losses and this and the other thing, how big of a game it is on the road trip. We're going to move away from that. And we're going to talk about uh, the Seattle expansion team in a little bit. But before we do that, quick reminder, DoorDash is here for you. If you're hungry, you might want to start thinking about using the DoorDash app because you listeners, you listening right now, can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the DoorDash app and entering the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Enter that promo code, $15 or more in your first order, you get $5 off on whatever restaurant you want coming to your house. That is the DoorDash app. So here's the thing with Seattle. I, for one, am very excited about the whole Seattle thing and them coming into the league. And it's crazy that we're still two years away from this. It feels like just next year, Seattle's going to have a team. They're going to have the expansion draft. Everything's going to be awesome. And we're going to have 32 teams in the league. And the Pacific Division is going to throw the Central Division out of whack because Arizona's moving over there and blah, blah, blah. And uh, So (laughs) there's a lot happening with this potential move. Uh, It was also reported a few days ago that the team name for Seattle will be revealed at the All-Star break. And that is probably... That has been the one thing about this whole situation with Seattle. You can go so many different ways. You can go the corny way and try and find some uh, team name that can correlate with the green and blue colors that, you know, the Seahawks have made famous, that the Seattle Sonics made famous when they were in the NBA. You have the, you have all that potential. You can throw it back to the past with, you know, the, the Metropolitans and the Totems and whatever the case may be. You have a lot of choices of what you would name your team. Here's what we know about Seattle. It's going to be a tough act to follow on the ice with compared to what the Golden Knights did in year one. If they make a cup final in the in year one, then we really need to revisit the expansion draft process because that would be the most bizarre thing in the world. Um, but I figured by no expert opinion of my own, and I mean I literally have zero expert opinion on team branding, team names, or any sort of idea as to why a team name would make sense, I'm going to attempt my top five name suggestions for the Seattle franchise. Now, I will be fair here. I have used the help of the Google, and I've used the help of any related article that has some sort of idea of what they would name this team. If I had my preferred thing, I'd probably call them the Starbucks because why not? And just have a giant coffee cup be the mascot. I would be for that and I would love that. Um, but I'm going to go with my top five names uh, that I would call the Seattle franchise. And it definitely helped here because I saw the Seattle Times ran a poll. I forgot how recent it was, but it was over 146,000 votes and the winning name is actually my number five name on the list, uh, the Sockeyes. Now, I like the double entendre here because, one, the Sockeye salmon is one of the more, uh, I guess you can say one of the more prominent fishes in 
the Pacific Northwest, especially in the Seattle area, uh, sockeye salmon is like apparently the greatest thing to a Seattle native's diet that you could possibly have. I also like the fact that if somebody on Seattle were to get into a fight, you sock them right in the eye. It works. I, I like it. I like the I like the concept. Now I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but here's my only concern, and I'm not really I'm not as concerned with the color scheme. The, my ideas here are n- have nothing to do with the color. I feel like though, if you do go with sockeye, you have to make them salmon colored, right? Like, would it be like a salmon and like a a royal blue, maybe like a navy blue? I don't know how I feel about that. I, I I don't know if it pops off like that. You could probably do maybe a red salmon, like a I don't know. I don't I don't know how that would work, especially if a fish is your main mascot. I don't know. I'm intrigued, but I don't know if it would work. But I do like the concept in the double entendre uh, if they were to make that work. Uh, number four, typical Seattle name. I went with the grunge. I like the grunge. I don't know exactly what you would do with a mascot. You can probably have some uh, long-haired uh, punk rock uh, inflatable tube man that could be your mascot, and I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty sure Pearl Jam is still doing something. I mean, I don't listen to alternative rock by any stretch of the imagination. I only know of really the only band I know that is from Seattle, I think is Pearl Jam. And I'm not even really 100% sure if they're from Seattle. Um, but I would, I would venture to guess that you can make it a little more, more, uh, rock themed if the whole Seattle scene is into that sort of thing. You can appeal to multiple different audiences. I, I, I'd be okay with it, but now the more that I think about it, I don't know if I, if you would, what you could do with a mascot. Maybe I would sw- Maybe I would uh, flip sockeyes and grunge, because I'm starting to like the idea of sockeyes just as the whole, uh, the reason for the fighting and the and the fish and all that jazz. So I don't know. Maybe they get Pearl Jam to be the opening act. I think they'd be fine. Number three. And going with the typical Seattle theme, I went with the Emerald. Now, not the Emeralds, just the Emerald. Like, think of uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Again, not sure what you could do with a mascot. And and the more I keep thinking about it, the more I say, yeah, not sure what you can do with a mascot. I mean, the Golden Knights have a Gila monster for a mascot, and that has nothing to do with the Golden Knights. I mean, they have a Golden Knight, but, I mean, that's kind of apropos, and that's kind of assumed that he's going to be there. Uh, Named after the Emerald City, I think the green concept would look very sharp. Um, I I like the idea of going with a dark green type thing. Now, here's the thing. I, full disclosure, I am a Dallas Mavericks fan in the NBA, and I have been clamoring for the Mavericks to go back to green, and I've always been fond of green jerseys, green uniforms, whatever. So I think green would look great here. If you went with a full solid green with a little bit of a tint of white and maybe a little bit of the shade of blue, I think you've got a really good jersey concept right there. And I think I think it would pop. I think it would pop if you went with the emerald. I, I think it would be awesome. And it's just simple. The emerald. The emerald. I kind of like it. Now, the more I keep saying it, the more I'll be saying like Emerald, like Emerald Lagasse. Maybe they'll get Emerald Lagasse to come cook for them like they like Wolfgang Puck cooks for the Golden Knights. I, I think that could be something. I think that'd be fun. 
Number two, uh, for is the for the historian that I am, bring back the Metropolitans. I love the Metropolitans. Bring back the name. Bring back the design. The red S. The the stripes. Bring it all back. If you're going to go all in for this team, you bring back the team that made history and won the 1917 Stanley Cup, goddammit. Now, I don't know anybody right now who was alive in 1917 who even remembers the Metropolitans, but you know what? Everything works. You can modernize the look a little bit. You can kind of keep the same tints and the same uh, accents of history that the Metropolitans have, and I, and I think that would work out very well. Um I think it would look great and it pays homage to uh, it pays homage to the the past uh, Seattle franchise. Now I almost I wanted to put the totems in here, but the more I thought about it, you you run into the situation where you're kind of throwing an insult to the Native American aspect of Seattle and I love the logo and I love the uh, I love the totem look, but I think nowadays uh, there'd be a lot of people that would be uh, very upset about that. So I decided not to put them in my top five. But the number one, the number one choice I have, and I think this would work for a lot of reasons because it's in the Pacific Division. You have the Sharks. You have the Golden Knights. You have the theater aspect of the Golden Knights when they face, you know, sharks. You have all of this, right? I feel like the best name you can do if you're Seattle is the Kraken. Now, how many Kraken puns can we get? How many Kraken puns can we get away with for an entire team's existence without? uttering the phrase, release the Kraken. I think that would be epic. You get a giant octopus Kraken-looking thing that would just demolish everything in pregame videos. It would be fantastic. It would be awesome. And can you imagine if the Golden Knights and the Kraken play in the playoffs years down the road, can you imagine, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast has seen the Golden Knights playoff intros from the last couple of seasons. And obviously with uh, the Kings and the Sharks and the Jets and the Capitals and again, the Sharks the following year, you had the Golden Knights stick his sword out and chop the opponent's uh, on ice visual, looked like he was beating a shark up. It, it was cool. Can you imagine the Golden Knight in a pregame video or a pregame show with the on-ice visuals taking down a giant octopus. Think about that for a second and how cheesy as hell that would be and how cheesy when the series shifts to Seattle that the Kraken would be in the water going up to an island where the Golden Knight is just standing there and the Kraken just slams him. How ridiculous would that be? I am all for that. I am here for the cheesiness. I am here for the lameness because I, I am a, I am a, as a proprietor of lame jokes myself and a proprietor of lame things that I and only I would deem funny. I think that would be fantastic. I think we need more crack. We would need Kraken versus sharks 
Can you imagine the Sharks doing the same thing? They would be swimming around the ice, you know, before the game, you know, and, and there's the Kraken in the middle of there, and you just the shark just pops up and like bites the Kraken's head off, and all of a sudden the Kraken dies. I I don't know. There's so many stupid things you can come up with, but I think Kraken is the most intimidating, and I think there is a lot of marketability you can do there. And I think it could look very badass. So I would go with the Kraken. I think that is my top choice uh, with the Metropolitans as a close second. I kind of wish the Coyotes were staying in the Pacific now because if you get the Coyotes versus the Kraken, that whole aspect of what I was just talking about would be even more stupid. But I digress. So I think Seattle should name itself the Kraken. And I think opening night should be the Kraken versus the Golden Knights. I feel like the the Seattle team should hire me for branding, but apparently they don't need me because they're coming out with the team in August, in before the All Star break. So more kudos to them. <coughs> I will also find it hilarious if none of those names are picked. If they just went with a name that was completely out of left field, like I don't know. The Sonics. Can you can you imagine after all the, the all the years that the Sonics that Sonics fans have just wanted to destroy any thought of the Oklahoma City Thunder? The whole aspect of the Sonics returning to the NBA. Can you just imagine the NHL going? No, nah, I think we like the Sonics. We're going to keep the Sonics name. One, I think that'd be pretty freaking cool, <laughs> but I I don't I don't know if the city of Seattle would be behind that. But can you just imagine just going on a on a swerve? It's like and the thirty second NHL team that will be joining the league in 2021, 2022, the Seattle Sonics. Why not? Just you know what? Do it. Do the Sonics. Make them the Sonics. I would love it. Just because I want to see the backlash in the city of Seattle. I, I, I'm i all here for that. Uh, so speaking of crazy names and crazy shenanigans whatsoever, uh, Thursday night in the NHL was rather weird, wasn't it? Um, there were a lot of games that happened that made me go, what? And I can only label like five. And I think the slate was like eight or nine games on the night. Um, but there was a lot of craziness. It was a lot of craziness tonight in the league. Uh, how about this? Starting with the Capitals rallying down from 3-1 to beat the Panthers 5-4 in overtime. Panthers were coming in red hot, I think, losing 5-7, but they had a point in six of those seven games. Uh, they were looking very good. And I, I think now it's, uh, was it 5-1-2 and two in their last eight? So the Panthers are still rolling, but the Capitals, who will see the Golden Knights on Saturday in a Stanley Cup final rematch, uh, the Capitals are still so dangerous. There's Ovechkin, and you got to deal with John Carlson. That whole team is dangerous. The Golden Knights are in for one uh, bit of a doozy uh, going against Washington in the 2018 Cup Final rematch on Saturday in D.C. Uh, the Islanders had a 3-0 lead. They were one period away from extending their win streak to 11 games, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins were like, nah. 
Uh, the Penguins won 4-3 to three in overtime, so the point streak is alive at 11 games for the Islanders, but their win streak, deemed the hottest team in hockey, has officially come to an end. Great win for Pittsburgh. Um, and the Islanders, hopefully this isn't a sign of regression, but the fact that they went on for this long and were really 20 minutes away from going on an 11-game win streak, Barry Trotz has got that team rolling. It's crazy, but... Very good win for Pittsburgh. Very good win for Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, we talked yesterday about the Pacific Division, and I thought the uh, the hottest team in the Western Conference at least was the Vancouver Canucks. And the Canucks lost 5-2 to two to the Chicago Blackhawks because why the hell not? <laughs> uh, the, it, Chicago is Chicago. They're willing and able to be very good at any given time. And the Canucks are just... A really good team on the rise, and hopefully this doesn't deter them because I really like watching Vancouver play. And hopefully this isn't a sign of things to come, but I do like Vancouver. I think they're still one of those teams that can be sneaky good. If, the, if they're not sneaky good already, they're already uh, establishing themselves as a very good team uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche won by a billion. Um, okay, <laughs> so kind of I'm going to set the stage here. Like, the game ended, right? The Golden Knights game ended. Um, I wrote the story, uh, the, the game story for Knights on Ice. And um, I went to go take my dog for a walk. And it was 3-2 Nashville. I think Nashville literally had just scored to go up 3-2. And we were walking for like, I, me and my dog were walking for like 10 minutes and walked around the complex. And by the time I looked at my phone, it said 8-3. to three. And I just said, what the... And I swear it was 3-2 Nashville. I swear it was. But the Avalanche were like, okay, we're done here. And just destroyed Nashville. The Avalanche just destroyed Nashville. Holy hell. 9-4 to four was the final. Um, no, no chance of a comeback for Nashville. Um, but Colorado looks like... I believe they lost five in a row going into this game. That's a very resounding way to end a losing streak. A very resounding way. Uh, And for the love of God, someone go get Martin Jones some help. Or someone get the Sharks some help. Because if the Sharks had blown this game, I don't know what would be the result. The Minnesota Wild were down 6-2. to And they scored three times in the third period and made it 6-5. to Now, I'll tell you... Another thing here, um, I was writing a story for KOI that will be going up tomorrow. I was also getting something prepped for tomorrow morning that will be going up very early in the morning. And I was drafting another story that I'm working on this weekend. And I was also watching the Clippers and the, uh, who are the Clippers playing? The, the Blazers. I was watching the Clippers-Blazers game while this was going on. And I'm... In the midst of it, I'm also talking to Ryan Quigley, who is my compadre with KOI, but he's also the manager for Hockey Wilderness, the SB Nation site for Minnesota. And I hadn't looked at Twitter for like an hour, and I'm in the Clippers game ended. I finished both things of what I was doing, and I go back on Twitter, and all of a sudden it's six to five with three minutes to go. I immediately turned on that game, and the first thing I see. I, I think it was uh, Zach Parise had walked in on Jones right off a draw, 
and almost scored, but Jones sprawled out and made the save with his pad. Oh my God, the Sharks, what the hell is going on in San Jose? If they had lost that game or allowed that game to go in overtime, forget an overtime exorcism for the Golden Knights. Someone just needs to perform an exorcism altogether in San Jose. I could not imagine if the Sharks blew that game. I think the entire Twitter reverse in the entire Southwest part of the United States would collectively lose their minds. And good God, someone go help Martin Jones for, for the sake of his uh, future self. And for the sake of just being a decent human being, someone go save Martin Jones. He needs help. The entire Sharks organization needs help right now. That was probably the most bizarre sequence I've ever seen. And the fact that the Wild had like eight or nine chances in the final 20 seconds to tie it. And I think uh, one of their players hit the post with like six seconds to go with the, with the uh, extra attacker. Like, good God, man. Someone go save the Sharks. Somebody, anybody. It ain't going to be me, but someone's got to do it. Someone's got to go save them for the better part of humanity. Oh my God! Well, anyway, that's gonna ha- that's gonna be how we're gonna end this episode uh, to the tune of "Rest in Peace, San Jose." Uh, we will be back on Monday, uh, depending on how the uh, the Capitals game goes. Um, we will likely be back on Monday, even if Vegas wins. I think we'll kind of. It's it's weird with this back to back. I think we'll kind of put them all together in an episode on Monday. We'll break down Washington and then Detroit. And then we'll do something else uh, to cap off the episode. But uh, I think that is going to do it for us this week, guys. I do appreciate, as always, you listening and tuning in. Um, Again, if you have any feedback of the show, if you guys have something you want to talk about with the show, if you have any questions, um, please feel free to leave the rating and the review on Apple Podcasts or tweet at me uh, at DannyWebster21 or tweet at the show at LockedOnVGK. Whatever works for you is always uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, We will be bringing back a mailbag on Monday, or maybe not Monday. I think we are going to bring the mailbag back uh, for Wednesday before the Chicago game. Um, So if you're listening to this, please tweet your questions to at LockedOnVGK or to me, and uh, we'll answer them on Wednesday. We'll bring back the mailbag. We're going to have a lot of questions to talk about with this road trip. Um, And even if they're not hockey-related, just send a question, any question you can think of, as long as it's, you know, compliant with the show and it's appropriate for all listeners, um, send a question and I will be more than happy to answer it. And we're going to try, uh, and lock down a guest for Monday's show as well. Not confirmed yet, but we're going to try and see how it goes. Um, so that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you for listening. This has been locked on golden Knights, part of the locked on podcast network. We will see you back on Monday. I am Danny Webster. Have a good one, guys. Have a good weekend. And I'll see you Monday.